Well, good morning, everyone. You should be wide awake now after that uh, subtle 30 seconds. Now, that is a promo for a small group that's coming up. That's why we played that. We want to get your attention. But this is a four-week study that is starting February 26th. Uh, and we are asking for those that are interested in taking this um, this four-week class to sign up on a sign-up sheet so we can purchase uh, notebook workbooks that go with this. Brandon Stoltz and Julie Bennett are co-leading this group, and so we just want to put it out there again and remind you to sign up out front. There's, there's another great group that's starting up, a men's group on Wednesday nights, and the reason I'm promoting this is because they've got a new study, and it's in the Andy Stanley, who that was, um, and it's called Christian, It's Not What You Think. And that is Dave Webb and a, a fun group of guys that meet in the parlor on Wednesday nights at 6.30, I believe. So there are the promos and some of the things coming up. Once again, good morning. <laughs> Hope everyone is doing well this morning. And welcome if you're watching online. The story goes that a young man found a genie in a bottle. I don't know if you've heard about this. <laughs> He's walking down the beach, and one day he sees this Arabic-looking lamp, and, of course, he picks it up and rubs it, and out pops the genie. And the genie says, thank you for releasing me from this lamp. In return, I will grant you three wishes. Well, the man says, great. I have always dreamed of this moment. I already know what I'm going to ask. He says, first... I want $1 billion in a Swiss bank account. Poof! There's a flash of light, and, and a piece of paper with account numbers shows up in his hand. He continues, Second, I want a brand new hot red Ferrari right here. Poof! There's a flash of light and a gorgeous bright red brand new Ferrari ends up right there next to him. He continues, Thirdly, I want to be irresistible to women. Poof! There's a flash of light, and he's turned into a box of chocolates. <laughs> what is the moral of the story? You should be careful what you ask for. <laughs> Well, this morning we're going to talk about asking. We're going to talk about prayer. We're continuing in our series, God's Playbook for Our Life. And in recent weeks, we said that very often we come to points in our lives where we ask the big question, which is, what is God's will for my life? Uh, there are times when, when we're, we wonder, how can I discover his will more and more? And so today I'm going to talk about prayer, and we're going to look at this passage where we find the Apostle Paul uh, who is asking big things. He's not asking a genie in a bottle, but he is asking the living God, and he's pouring out his heart's desire for, for a church at Ephesus. Now, sometimes, I mean, isn't it true, we all at times find ourselves wondering about prayer. I mean, there are times we, we deep down wonder, is God listening? Does he really care? Uh, does he really want me to bring everything to him? 
There's so much revealed to us in God's word about the importance and power of prayer. You may remember a story that I've always loved, uh, which is of Joshua in, in Exodus 17. He was in a battle with the Amalekites, and Moses was, was high above on a hilltop overlooking this very intense battle. And Moses held the staff of God, which, as you remember, really signified his calling upon God. And whenever Moses raised the staff of God, the Israelites were winning. But his arms would get tired, and his arms would drop, and, and the enemy would win, was winning the battle. But So Moses needed some support. He needed Aaron and Hur on his left and right side to hold up his arms whenever he got tired. And so together with Joshua on the battlefield, Moses high on the hill, Aaron on one side, her on the other, the Israelites saw a tremendous victory. And, and really, it, that story gives us a picture of the power of prayer, and especially in the life of the church. Because when we fight in our own strength, we get exhausted and, and we get defeated. But as we tap into God's power, we tap into omnipotence, and he will lead us, and, and victory is assured. And so this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about one of the richest prayers recorded in Scripture, in my opinion. And it isn't just a prayer. It's, it's an injection of faith and hope. So we're going to look at Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And I'm going to read that for you. It says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Then this benediction says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's the Apostle Paul praying right there. It's amazing to think about the content of this prayer. I mean, what he's asking. And remember, Paul is writing this from prison. And, and he loved the church. He carried them in his heart. And so what does he ask God on behalf of, of this church, these believers? Paul prays, may God strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. This is a, a prayer for spiritual strength in the inner being, um, the, 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 that spiritual part of our nature. So Paul is praying for one basic request here. He asks God to strengthen the Ephesians by the Holy Spirit on the inside so that they can fulfill his will. 
And so how can we be sure that it's God's will, not Paul's will, <laughs> fulfill God's will for their life? And so how can we be so sure that there's really just one basic request? Really, the key is found in the verse leading up to this. It says, I ask you, therefore, Paul said, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. So the phrase not to be discouraged, I mean, it can be translated not to lose heart, um, or, or not to give up, but it's so relevant in, in our, our world today because, isn't it true, so many things can sap our strength. So many things can, can weaken us. So many things can discourage us. I mean, change can sap our strength. Big changes in, in our life. Discouraging circumstances can sap our strength, right? How about seemingly endless COVID can sap our strength? The Lighthouse School really dealt with that this week, but it's, it's everywhere, it seems like, and we keep wondering, is this going to end? <laughs> a monotonous routine, physical weakness, how about unresolved conflicts, right, can sap our strength? Any of those, even any one of those, could, could knock us out of commission, but at, put two or three of them together at the same time, and it can be hard to, to get back up and get back in the fight. And so the Apostle Paul he says, God, by your spirit's power, strengthen them in the inner being. So to be strengthened with power, really, it means to be made powerfully strong. So no matter what you face, no matter what the day throws at you, no matter what your life brings, uh, no matter what, that you can be so strong inwardly, you can overcome uh, the obstacles before you. You can be courageous. You can be full of faith. You can be peaceful. You can be content. And in the process, the very life of Christ will be so demonstrated in your life that there's no question who's given you the strength, the peace, the joy. That, that word for power, I mean, that's what he's talking about. He keeps mentioning power. That word for power is dunamis, which I love that word. It, it's the word that where we get dynamite, dunamis. I mean, it just sounds like it's going to erupt, right? But when you're made strong in, in the inner being by the Holy Spirit, there will be power to blast out unbelief, power to overcome despair, power to rise above. And so Paul says, God, do a great work deep within. Something all of us need is the strengthening within by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's really at the heart of this magnificent prayer. That's like the basic request, and everything else flows out of this. As we see in the rest of this passage, there are three results that flow out of this being strengthened within. What are the results? The first one, the first great result, is, is found in 17. Verse 17, it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And it's such a cool word picture because the word dwell, it comes from the, uh, a Greek word that really means um, being down home in your heart. It's, it's being down home. It, it's a picture of someone at home in his own house. They're settled in. Uh, they're making it a home. And, and Robert, I, I read this in uh, Robert Mo Boyd Munger's book. Um, he called it um, My Heart, Christ's Home. And he, in this book, he likened it to, or imagined, I guess you could say, the believer's heart as a, as a home with many rooms. And he said the heart has a living room, has a bedroom, has a kitchen, has a computer room, has a TV room, closets, and an attic. 
And he makes the point in his book that sometimes believers um, keep Christ at the entryway. <laughs> As if to say, Jesus, I've got you in the door. That's far enough. Don't bother the rest of my life. But the Lord wants to be having access to every room. He wants to enter your kitchen, your library, your computer room, your TV room. He wants to access every, every closet of our heart. And as long as we keep the doors closed, he can never really be at home or dwelling in that regard, at home in our hearts by faith. So the question is not really. The question is not how much of the Lord do I have, but rather how much of me does he have? It, it, you know, it's not does he have, the, the, the idea is not really... Um, how much of him do I have, but does he have all of me? He's not just watching me, he's with me. He's not just with me, he's in me. He's not just a visitor. He's at home in my heart. That's kind of the idea here. Is there unbroken fellowship? Um, does the lordship of Christ extend to the money I spend, the shows I watch, the work I do, the words I speak? That kind of thing. And so the Apostle Paul goes on. So that was the first request. And he goes on and says, And I pray that you, this continues out of that thought, being rooted and established in love, may have power, there's that word again, together with all the saints to grasp. Power to do what? To grasp what? And he says, How wide and long and high and deep is the love of God the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. The, the second great result, really, of being strengthened by the Holy Spirit within is that we will growingly grasp something of, of this immeasurable love of his, growingly grasp it. So Paul is saying, oh God, help them to grasp something of, of this love. It will change them forever. He even says, I pray that you will come to know this love that surpasses knowledge. The early church took this as a sign of the cross. The, the width and length stood for the, the cross beams upon which Jesus' arms were nailed. The height and depth stood for the vertical piece upon which his legs were nailed. I mean, it's such a fitting image, the, the width and length, the height and depth. Because nowhere is the love of Christ seen more clearly than at the cross where Jesus died. And so Paul says, God, help them to grasp something of this love. Help them to understand the vast dimensions of it, even though it's an ocean without shores. It, it's beyond our, our comprehension. But help them to know it from experience. See, to grasp something of the fullness of it. It's a bit like discovering that your spouse loves you. <laughs> I mean, my husband could tell me 10 times a day that he loved me, but you know, isn't it true? I mean, I believe him, of course, but it's when we experience that love through the constancy and the supportiveness and the care and the compassion and the faithfulness and, and the supportiveness and, uh, that we really understand it, that we really grasp it, and that we can really know it's true. So Paul's prayer is, as they are being strengthened within, on the inside, that they will growingly grasp something anew of, of the deep, deep love of God in the process. 
Now, here's the third result of being strengthened within. He says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. For anyone who cooks a measure, you automatically think of a measuring cup. And this description is like fill it to overflowing. Fill it so that it's just spilling over. You've got the full measure. I mean, I think, what a request. Fill to the measure. I mean, this is really the whole goal of the Christian life in a nutshell. I mean, if you have to boil everything all down to what does God desire for me, it, it, here it is. That, that word fulfilled means to be dominated by something. It, it, it's, if you're filled with rage, then, then rage will dominate your life. If you're filled with love, then love will dominate your life. If you're filled with joy, then joy dominates your life. If you're filled with God, God himself will dominate your life. So the, the God qualities, the love, joy, peace, his grace, his kindness, his faithfulness, those God qualities will be so evident. It, it pictures a total transformation by virtue of the presence of God at work in your life. I mean, think about it. As, as believers, we have been created to be the containers of God, he desires to pour his life into ours and to fill us until we're full to overflowing. And then he is more reflected in us. Pastor TJ used the Westminster, Westminster Catechism last week, and I, how many of you remember that it said, the, the, what is the chief end of man, right? He said, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. To glorify God and enjoy him forever. It all goes back to that first request when we're strengthened within by the power of the Holy Spirit working within us. That is the result. And I just think if you knew three people who were praying this prayer for you, how much different would your Monday be? <laughs> it, it is deep, rich, life-changing prayers. It brings us to this incredible doxology which is a huge infusion of faith and to this prayer. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in Christ Jesus and in the church throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now in the New King James Version, it reads this way, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or even think, according to the power that works within us. So a couple of questions for your consideration. What is God just waiting for you to ask him to do for his glory? What is God just waiting for you? How is God longing to show himself strong on your behalf? I want to close with a story uh, which is very close to my heart because it uh, involves my sister, Carol. Um, on September 8th, a few months ago, I received word that something terrible had happened to my sister. She'd taken a terrible fall. She had broken eight ribs, fractured her spine, punctured her lungs, broke her sternum. It was, it was, a, it was a fall that... The, at the emergency room, they thought that she'd been in a, um, a head-on collision. It, it was just 
It was hard to fathom someone falling and having that much injury. Some of you remember this because it happened just hours before the ladies' retreat last September at the main house. But Carol was being airlifted by helicopter uh, to a Syracuse Upstate University hospital. And while she was en route, in her semi-conscious state, she was having a conversation with God. Now, there are many details about the accident that she does not remember, most of it. But she remembers her conversation with God with clarity. <laughs> she said to the Lord, Lord, I am ready to go home to be with you if that is what you want. <laughs> but if you would be so kind, <laughs> this is how she said it, if you would be so kind as to give me more time, I'd be so pleased to watch my grandbabies grow up and be there for my family. Well, she sensed the Lord assuring her that she was going to survive. And for the next seven weeks, she was in ICU, wondering if she'd asked the wrong thing. <laughs> because even to breathe brought incredible pain. The, uh, the process of recovery was excruciating. One night, during one of her most difficult days, she had a dream. I called her this week to ask her to recount it to me again so that I could get the details right. But in the dream, she saw herself alone in a dark, cold church. And in, 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 in she was completely alone, on the floor, and unable to move, incredibly filled with fear and, and uh, just apprehension. And she goes, then in her dream, the pastor came to her, and one by one, the people of the church came in and surrounded her on the floor. <laughs> and she said, and I woke up with an incredible comfort and an incredible calm and realized that God was telling me Many prayers are going up for you, and I'm listening to everyone. <laughs> That's her testimony to everyone she meets. <laughs> she says that the Lord said to her, I hear every prayer, and I am answering on your behalf. <laughs> I'm so happy that today she's walking on the sandy beach without a walker in somewhere in Florida today. <laughs> But she said, I woke up with a comfort knowing that God was answering prayers on my behalf and he was using the people of God to speak those prayers and to work on behalf of me. You know, what if we really believed that it made a difference when we prayed? What if we really believed, I mean, that when we pray that all of heaven is in motion, is working, convicting, drawing, changing, uh, bringing about solutions. Sometimes the truth is we lose heart when it comes to prayer. It's true. But Alfred Tennyson once said, and these words have come several times to my mind, that more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams. More things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams. So I want to encourage you all and myself, that this year would be a year of prayer. 2023 will be a year to take these scriptures and pray them back to God. 
praying his own word right back to him. I mean, pray these prayers. Pray, pray to, uh, regarding your family, for your, yourself, for this church. Start with, Lord, teach me to pray this. God will delight in hearing you bring that request to him. He will delight in hearing you pray his own word right back to him. Because the truth is nothing changes situations like prayer. Nothing changes people like prayer. So this morning, we're going to close this service, as we usually do, with the worship team closing us out, and then TJ is going to pray the benediction. But we are going to stick around, a few of us, because there, we know that there are some here that would like specific prayer. Now, if you would like to come up for prayer at that time and, and want to pray by yourself, um, pray alone, no one will bother you. We'll say that on that side of the altar rail, your left will be where you can come to pray by yourself. If you prefer to have someone pray with you and or anoint you with oil, we'll invite you to the right side of the altar rail where we will have prayer and the congregation can depart. As we prepare for this time of prayer, Lord, you alone know, dear God, a specific people that, that in their heart of hearts right now, perhaps they say, I have lost heart in prayer more than once in the last year. And, and Lord, teach us to pray. And you alone know, dear God, if there are some here that are saying, I want specific prayer for such and such, or I want to stand in proxy for so-and-so. And Lord, I pray that you would help them to just move right on up here at the end of the service where we can just pray and call upon the God of the universe who invites us to come boldly to the throne of grace and bring our requests. And there we find grace. We find mercy to help us. Lord, thank you for hearing us when we pray. Thank you for being so faithful and good. Thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together.
God is good. And all the time. You know, this uh, um, first few weeks of this new year, uh, every time I turn around, I've been reading things, you're hearing things, and, and it all kind of goes around this theme of God calling his people to him. Uh, and as Nancy was preaching this morning, and as, you know, we're singing that last song, I was thinking, you know, back in when I was young and fiery, <laughs> uh, I was really obsessed for a while, this verse in Chronicles, you, Second Chronicles, you all have heard it, you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Uh, and so, again, I'm just going to reiterate the invitation this morning as, as after we close the altars are going to stay open as long as we need them to. Uh, if you want to pray on your own, come to this side. No one will bother you. If you would uh, want someone to pray with you, come over to this side, and Pastor Nancy or I or anyone else will come and, and pray with you. Uh, but let's just let's just seek God this morning together. Um, and I can't promise that anything will happen besides God will be pleased by it. Uh, so let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. Lord God, I just pray you'd forgive us for the times in our lives we become so distracted and disoriented and we, we take our eyes off you. Lord, I pray that you would continue to draw us to you this year. that your presence and your peace would be evident in our lives. And that our core concern would be to honor you. And as we continue in our time of prayer, Lord, I just pray your presence and your spirit would be with us. I pray for each family represented here today, Lord, that your blessing would be upon their homes, that your will would be done there. We pray this in your name. And I'll leave you with the benediction. It's the passage that we were looking at this morning. It'll give us one last chance to really put it to heart. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Go in peace. We ask that as the room is keeping that attitude of prayer, if you, we want you to chit-chat with folks, but if you would do that in the foyer so that we can kind of keep the room kind of quiet this morning so that folks can come down and pray together. Thank you so much.